Good morning, YM. Um, thank you so much for joining us today on our YM service online. Um, we are still going to continue on to, to meet online because of the, the situation that has been um, going around today with, with the whole pandemic and all that. So we, we are still going to meet online for, for the coming weeks. Um, but I hope that that doesn't discourage you. I hope that that doesn't um, affect your faith. Uh, we, although we may not be able to meet physically, uh, although some of us are dying to be together, uh, let's continue to look to God. Let's continue to put our faith in God. And as we uh, find opportunities to meet online or in small groups, let's take that and let's not take that for granted. Today, um, I want to, to, to speak to us um, on a subject of, of, of faith. Right? Um, last week, Pastor Island actually spoke to us about how um, we must be grateful, we must have a gratitude that as we pursue God or as we um, do the things that God has called us to do, um, the, the things in this world may surround us, troubles, worry, anxiety, all of that may surround us. But what he reminded us from Philippians is that we must remain grateful. Be grateful in all things. Be grateful in every circumstances and every situation that we go through. Today, I want to continue on from that on the subject of faith. All right? Reading from Matthew chapter 14, verse 22 to 33. All right? Um, if you have a Bible, let's take it up and let's read from Matthew chapter 14, verse 22 to 33. And it says, um, it says this, Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went on the mountainside to, by himself to pray. Later that night, he was alone there and the boat was already, already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When, he, when, he, when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified and they shouted, it was a, It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. Verse 27, But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Peter got down and, and don't be afraid. Right? Uh, verse 28, Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, Tell me to come on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down off the boat, walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But when... He saw the wind, he was afraid, and he began to sing, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down, and those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the son of the living God. Now, Prior to this, this narrative, this story that we all already may know so well, Jesus, after feeding the 5,000, the crowd, he sent the crowd away and he, he wanted to be alone by himself. Right? But as he retreated to the mountainside to pray by himself, he sent his disciples ahead. Right? And he sent disciples ahead to say that I will meet you on the other side. Go to the other side. And as the disciples were going on their way there, Suddenly a storm came, right? Suddenly trouble came. And so as they were in fear, as they were terrified by what was happening, thinking that they were going to die, they saw, to make matters worse, they saw this figure walking on water and they thought it was a ghost. And then Peter, knowing after realizing that it was Jesus, 
had the courage to say, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come. And then he went on the water, walked on the water, but in fear as the wind and the waves came on him, as he saw the wind and the waves, he began to sing. And then Jesus reached out his hand in rescue, but reproves his lack of faith. But I want to ask us today, where is God when the winds and the waves and the storms in life come at us? Where is God when we do the will of God, when we obey God because the disciples were obeying God to go to the other side? Where is God when we choose to obey God to give our biggest offering only to realize that you know, suddenly an accident happened and then I have to fork out more money to pay for it? Where is God when we choose to obey God, to, to follow His instructions, and experience waves and waves and storms and storms after that. Where is God? Today, I want to show us from this text the promises of God that are for you and I as we choose to step out in faith to obey God. Right? The title of my message today is taken from verse 27. It says, and, and this, is the word of, this is the word of Jesus. It says, take courage. All right? Take courage. When the wind and the waves, when the winds and the waves comes at us, when we choose to step out in faith to obey God, we can take courage because God is quick to save. In verse 33, it says, Immediately Jesus reached out his hands and caught him. You of little faith, he says, why did you doubt? As Peter knew that it was Jesus, had the courage and desire to be where Jesus uh, was, Peter shouted and Peter said, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come. And Jesus said, sure, gave him permission, and he came. But as he was walking towards Jesus, being trembled by fear of the wind around him that was surrounding him, he began to sing, right? And, and I want us to, to, to put ourselves in this story and really imagine, because, if we, we, because I, I feel that if we don't imagine this properly and put ourselves in this story, we will miss out on the revelation that God wants to to show us because sometimes I feel that the, 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 the more we get used to a particular story, the more the sometimes we think that, ah, I know this already and I don't want to. I, I know what, what, what he is going to speak about. But today, can I encourage you? Let's put the, the, the familiarity, the things that we already know about this, which are good, and let's come with an open mind and just imagine for, for a while with me in this story, right? Peter starts walking on the water and then he began to sing, right? Now, the word sing here, if we think about it, you and I know that if you actually went swimming before in the beach or in a swimming pool, you can never really sink in water. It is more like when you immediately step on the water, right, you will immediately fall down. It is not as though... Um, um, Peter was going down in slow-mo as though he's being, you know, uh, consumed by a quicksand, you know. This is water. He was walking on a lake, right? And so as Peter goes down drowning, if I can say fast, the Bible says, verse 31, it says, immediately, immediately Jesus reached out his hand, takes him by the hand and lifts Peter up. You see, the word immediately tells us of a quick reaction. It tells us of, a, of an instant reaction that is without hesitation. It tells us that, that Jesus was quick, that as he was going down, he immediately caught Peter and, and brought him up. You see? And the, the thing that I want to tell us is that do you know 
that our God is quick to save us? Do you know that God is quick to save you? That He does not delay in His, in his uh, reaction. He does not delay in coming to meet you at where you are at. That God is quick to enter into our situation and circumstances to redeem us. But the thing about God's quickness is this. In order for us to understand the quickness of God, if I can say, we must first understand the timing of God. Because to, 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 to miss out and to misunderstand the timing of God is to misinterpret how He saves us. Because our timing and God's timing is very different. Our timing is that we are bound by 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 30, 30 days a month, 200, 365 days a year. Our timing is, 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 is bound by this set of skills that we human, we on earth call time. But God does not confine himself to that. God is the creator of time and God does not fit in our timing like we think. So God's timing is not our timing. And we Malaysians are also bound to this, sets of, this set of times. Malaysians also follow the time, the time zones. We have different time zones, right? Our, our time zone is, is faster than certain countries, is slower than certain countries. Malaysia also, we have a set of time that we follow by, right? Not just Malaysia, but Malaysians have a set of time that we follow as well, right? I hate to admit it, but sometimes we Malaysians, we have this thing called the Malaysian timing. And that is the culture in which we have uh, uh, embraced and accepted. Not, not a really good one, but we have this thing what we call the Malaysian timing. That in everything that we do, right, if a party starts at 8 o'clock, I, I don't get there at 8 o'clock, I get there at 8.10 or 8, 8.05 or 8.10. Because why? Our culture tells us that if you enter, if you're early for an event, for a party, you're not cool. Even when it comes to church service, prayer meeting, CG, in, our, in all our day-to-day -day things, especially weddings, the timing in which we Malaysians follow is always 5-10 minutes later than what it states. So that's not a very good, a very good timing, that, 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 a very good culture that we have. But nonetheless, right, we have a set of that, that, that is the timing in which we Malaysians are accepted, and myself included, right? And, I always get, 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 get reprimanded and scolding by Pastor Anand, right? But that's besides the point, all right? But how many of you are thankful that God does not follow Malaysian timing? Imagine if God follows Malaysian timing and says that, you know, oh, if you are already uh, five minutes, God, if God comes through for us five minutes later or 10 minutes later or 15 minutes later, or in fact, even worse, if God takes on Malaysian timing and says, okay, maybe I delay sending my son down. What will happen to us? And so we need to understand and, 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 and remind ourselves that God is the creator of time, therefore He holds time. And if God is perfect, that means His timing is also perfect. So we need to understand the timing of God, that God is bigger than time. Because when we are not careful, if we are not careful, we go on living our Christian lives on earth putting on that same mindset and same mentality of our timing and put in toward God. And then when we see that God is late, we think that God, when, when, sorry, when we see that God doesn't come through for us at a particular time, we think that God is late. 
But to God, delay does not mean denied. Delay simply means, it simply means to remind us to keep our faith, to believe. And so I want to encourage us today to not get disappointed when things don't fit, when, 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 when we ask for healing, when we ask for prayer, when we ask for, for breakthroughs from God and God doesn't meet it. We need to ask ourselves, is this my timing that I'm setting for God or is this based on God's timing? Because if we go on living our lives, putting on our timing and trying to fit God in our time, we will get disappointed, we will get frustrated and we will get so upset and so bitter and so hurt and so angry at God and we will start blaming God. Why didn't you come through? at the time that I ask you to do. But we need to remember that our timing is not God's timing and God's timing is not our timing. Our responsibility is to trust in His time, to trust that God, when God comes through for us, when God saves us, when God meets us, that is the perfect time. Right? That is the perfect time. So to trust God, that, to trust that God is quick to save us is to trust in His perfect timing. Because surely the promises of God says that surely He will not let harm and danger come upon me. Surely that even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For His rod and His staff, they comfort me. Surely if God sends me into the lion's den, surely I know that the lion will not harm me. If he throws me into the fire, the fire will not burn me. The fire will not consume me because God is there. He will save me in his time. So you may feel that your life is falling. You may feel that your life may be spiraling down now, just like the stocks, right? You may feel that your life is going way down and down and down. But I want to remind and encourage us today that God is also quick to catch your fall for he will not let any harm come upon you. Right? The next thing that we want, that we can observe, is how Jesus reached out his hand to catch him. Again, in verse 31, it says, immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. Let's think, that, let's think again for, uh, for a moment. Yeah, let's think for a moment. You see, Jesus reached out his hand and catch. Now, Jesus cannot be applying the social distancing SOP one meter apart to catch Peter because I don't think Jesus was like Elastic Woman from The Incredibles where he can be here and then he reached out his hand and his hand can suddenly extend out to catch him now I'm not saying and I'm not limiting God's power but what I am saying is that I believe right, I believe that there are times where Jesus chooses because God is still 100% man, 100% God. I believe in that. But sometimes I believe God chooses to work, not to limit himself, but he chooses to work within the boundary of men, within the boundary on earth. Why? To show you and I how relevant he is. To show you and I that we can relate to him. Because if that is true, right? If that is if that's the case, uh, God could be just teleporting here and there, you know? God can just be teleporting, not speaking to people, but reading their minds all the time. And so I believe that God chooses to work with the boundary, 
to show you and I, to show men that He is able to relate to us in that way. And this speaks of the closeness of God. The second thing that we can take courage is that God is close to save. He is close enough to save you. Do you know that God is closer than you think? He is closer than the very next breath that you breathe. He is not far because, you see, there was a time, there was a time in humanity that God and men were close. When God created uh, uh, humans, when God created Adam and Eve, that, per- that relationship initially was perfect. But because when sin entered into the world, sin stained that relationship, that perfect relationship that men, that God had with men. Because God can't stand sin, and because of sin, because men sin, it separated. It separated, it pulled us away from God. Because God is holy, and God cannot be around sin. You see, and from since then, men tried to be near God. Men tried to do rituals. Men tried to follow rules, follow the law, to do things to get close to God. But nothing that men can do that can ever come close to meeting God. It's not that God stopped loving men. Men loved sin more than God. But the Bible says, for God so loved the world, He so loved men, He so loved you and I, that He chose to send His Son, His only Son down to take your, your place and my place because the penalty of sin is death and death only can redeem sin, can only redeem you and I. And so God chose to come down in a form of man to take your place, to go on that cross to die. And on the third day, He was rose again. And now He's seated in heaven on the right hand of the throne of God so that you and I can come close to God again. And that is the thing that we need to realize. That it is because of Jesus, God and man can be close again. Not because of what men do, not because of what men did. Men tried, and men can continue to try, but it will never be able. We will never be able to replace what Jesus did. Only Jesus, the perfect man, the perfect uh, uh, son of God, that can replace and so that is the 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 thing that we need to come to to terms with are you aware are you aware that you that you have a god that is so close to you are you aware that you have a god that is next to you right now because the in psalms 34 it says the lord is close to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit so if you are brokenhearted today if you are if your spirit is crushed i have good news for you God is close to you. He is closer than you think. He is closer than you can even imagine. But we need to reach Him. Just like how Peter, Peter reached out and cried out to God. Because oftentimes when we feel, when, we, when, when the storms at life, in life comes at us, our knee-jerk reaction causes us to reach out to things beyond ourselves, reach out to, to material things, reach out to, to the things of this world. And so, 
I want to remind us and encourage us that as you continue to do the will of God, as you continue to serve God, love God, as you continue to, 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 to do what God has called you to do, my friends, tri- trials and tribulations, temptations will come our way. It will come because we live in a sinful world. But the good news and the promise that we have today is that in times of crisis in our lives, we can reach out to God because He's close. We can reach out to God because He's close. Right? He's closer than you think. And so, the first thing is that we can take courage because God is quick to save us. The second thing that we can take courage is that because God is close enough to save us. The third thing is that God is strong to save. It says in verse 31 again, immediately Jesus reached out His hand, reached out His hand and caught Him. He caught him. Now going back again to how Jesus responded to Peter's cry. Again, let us picture ourselves in, in, in this narrative, in this story. Right? As Peter was drowning, as Peter was going down, Jesus was quick, he was close enough, but he was also strong. Because if you, if, if you can imagine, right? just, just imagine, he was at, uh, there, was no, um, there was no safety net to, to catch Peter's fall, right? Being underneath the water. I mean, I, 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 I don't think so, right? There was no uh, staircase. There was no steps. There was no ladder in the water, underwater, that Peter can, you know, put his leg and then try to climb up to catch uh, Jesus' hand or even help himself, right? If you ever imagine, if you ever uh, have somebody who is like, you know, struggling down a cliff or struggling down in the water and you try to pull him up without any help, it's surely not easy. And Peter is not a boy. He's not a toddler, neither is he a child. Peter is a grown man. And so I don't know how heavy Peter was, but heavy enough to know that it takes, it requires a set of ability to, a set of strength to lift Peter up. And this speaks of the ability of God. The ability that God can save you. I want to show us today because the truth is that all of us will go through trials and and tribulations in this world. Jesus, in fact, tells us that in this world, you will face trials and tribulations. We can't run away from it. And storms in life comes at us at the worst time. It comes at us when we least expect. Because, you see, all these things that happen, trials and temptations, tribulations, the storms and the, and the waves and all that, they, they do not ask us for our permission before they come. They do not come and set in a Google Calendar invite and say, hey, an accident is coming your way, a flat tire is coming your way, an unexpected bill is coming your way, can I come at this date? It doesn't, they don't do that. Things just, things just happen because we live in a sinful and fallen world. So the storms does not make an appointment with us to visit us, right? But when they do come, when they do come, when we do face the storms in life that we did not expect, many times our knee-jerk reaction is to reach out, is to, eh, our knee-jerk reaction drives us, our fear drives us. What we already know in our experiences drives us to do what we think or drives us to reach out to things that we already are very familiar with. And one of the things that we often reach out to that we think can save us, that we think is able to save us, that we look for people for help. People are good. 
I mean, some, some people are not good. But most people are good. And we believe that people are good. Right? Our friends are good. Our families are good. Our, our partners are good. But oftentimes, when we put our dependency on people to comfort us, when we put our reliance to, on people to, to make us feel better, we are actually putting we are actually putting our hope on something that is equally weak like us. Because people are not perfect. People sin, people fall, people make mistakes. But if we're not careful, we go on living our lives thinking that people, we can rely on people. Not to say that they are bad, they are good. We can. But when we do face these trials and temptations, where do we turn to first? Do we turn to people first or do we turn to God first? Because if we reach out to people, people are just as weak as you and I. That's just our nature. But we need to remind ourselves, we need to know that we can only reach out to God first, who is the only one that can ever sustain us and, and, and save us. He is the only one that is able to make you feel better, to comfort you at times of trouble. Because you see, people are gifts from God. People are gifts all the people around us that He has shown us and given to us, they are gifts that God has given and blessed us with. But if we go on seeking the gift and not the giver, then we may need to check our priorities once again. We may need to check, do we put the gifts above the giver or the giver above the gifts? The second thing is that we often, we often look to possessions, wealth, fame, money, uh, positions, titles, and we think that that is able to make us feel better. Yes, they may be, but it's only for a moment. It is only for a set of time that the things that you buy, the, the things that you accumulate, the places that you go and visit, although now we can't go anywhere, anywhere right? The th- all these things, it will make us feel good. I'm not denying that, but it will only make us feel good temporarily. It is not able to satisfy the quench of your heart. It is not able to fill that void in your heart that only God can fill. And so as Peter was sinking and drowning, he called out to the only one that he knew was able to save him. And these three powerful words found in verse 30, it says, Lord, save me. See, sometimes we don't need a well-structured prayer for God for, 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 for us, for our cry to move God's heart. We don't need to get things right. We don't need to, 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 to uh, get our life in order before we can cry out to God for God to save us. If you are desperate, if you are hungry, if you are honest and humble, to come before God and say, God, I need you to save me from this mess that I have created, I need you to save me from this pile of, of, of uh, problems that I have gotten myself into. If you are genuinely and, 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 and genuinely wanting God to save you, He will. I believe He will. But it is our response. How are we responding to that? Are we taking advantage of God's help? Or are we sincerely and genuinely going to God for help? Because I want to say... I want to tell you today that Jesus is the only one who is mighty to save. 
He is the only one that is able to save through whatever circumstances that you go through. Why? Because he himself suffered and, and, and tempted on every side, went through all the temptations that we humanly, that we on earth can think of. Jesus went through it. Not just did he go through it, but he overcame it. He overcame hell, death, and the grave for you. And because of that, because of that, He is the only one that is able to save you and I. He holds the ability. He has the ability. So I want to encourage us today, reach out to God, for He is able to save you. He is strong enough to hold you. He is, he is able, he is, he is the only one that is capable to sustain you, to lift you up from your problems, from your pain, from your struggles, from your hurt, from your doubt, from your bitterness, whatever it is, God is able. He is able. You see, as we walk on the water towards God's voice, as God is calling YM to be where He is, to go out, to reach out, as Christmas is coming just in a, in a few, in a, in a month's time, right? Not, not exactly a month's time, but almost a month's time, as God is calling us YM to go out deeper and deeper into the water, you see, our confidence is not in our ability to walk on water. Our confidence is not in our feet that is able to take steps, the next step. But our confidence is in the hand of God, in His, is in His ability to save. Because it is not if we fall, but when we fall. And when we fall and trip and make mistakes, and, and, and get doubtful and fear. And when fear surrounds us, our confidence is in His strong hands, in His capable and able hands to catch us and save us and redeem us from it. So my confidence is not in my ability, but His. It is, his, it is in His ability to do what only He can do. So it's not about whether I fall, but it's when I fall. I know, I trust that I have a God who is able to catch me. I have a God that who is able to see me through. I have a God who is able to heal me, to be, give me my breakthrough, to sustain me, to protect me. I have a God who is able. And when our world seems to be falling in pieces, let's reach out to God. Let's call on His name, for He is able and strong to save you. You see, as Christmas is coming, and as a ministry, as we are gearing ourselves towards that, um, we are actually charting into uh, a very uh, uncharted territories that we, even as a church, have never gone through before. Having all our physical meetings suspended for, 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 for I don't know how long, you know, and have not having physical meetings since the beginning of, 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 of the year already, as we go towards Christmas, I'm sure all of us are wondering how. How is this even possible? What are we supposed to do? How are we supposed to reach out to our new friends? How are we supposed to even reach out to our members now who is, you know, always blue-ticking us, always, always ignoring us, our calls, and not replying, not coming for CG, not getting involved and all that. How? As we walk and walk and walk as God is calling my am come 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 as we take the next step the next step the next step I, I, I want to remind us not to scare us but to remind us that we will face trials and temptations and tribulations we will 
I'm not being a negative person or I'm not, I'm not trying to, 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 to be, be, you know, be that kind of person, but I'm just painting the real picture that we will face trials and temptation. That's the fact of life. But the good news, the promise that we have is that we have a God who is quick, who is close, and who is strong to carry us through, to see us through the end. And our confidence is not in our ability to walk, but it's in His ability to save us and see us through. And as Jesus affirms Peter's desire to be with Him, you see, Peter was the only person out of the, the disciples, I'm not sure how many disciples that was in a boat with Him, Peter was the only one that had the desire and the courage to say, God, Jesus, if that is you, call me out, I want to be with you. G- Peter was the only person because Peter's heart was for Jesus. Peter's heart was drawn to Jesus. Peter was so in love with Jesus that it doesn't matter if he makes me look foolish. It doesn't matter if, if people, my, the, my friends, or my disciples, my fellow disciples will think that I'm crazy. What is this crazy person doing trying to go out on the, on the, on the, on the water? Peter didn't care about any of that because Peter just wanted to be with Jesus. He just wants to be where Jesus is. If Peter, if Jesus is far in the deep ocean, Peter just wants to be there. It doesn't matter how he's going to get there, but Peter just wants to be there. And the thing that I want to show us is that Peter was the only one that experienced the supernatural by walking on water. None of the disciples have this story to tell. None of these disciples have this experience to tell. What am I trying to say? What I'm trying to say is what I'm trying to say is this: that you will only experience the supernatural when you choose to step out to be with God because of your hunger for Him. You will experience the supernatural as you choose to be where God is. And where is God today? God is calling us out. Why am? Come, walk on the water with me. Come towards me. Come and be with me where I am today. Whatever that it takes. My friends, as I I come to a close today, I want to leave with us some things that we need to do uh, to reflect upon. As the year comes to an end, maybe we need to check ourselves today and ask ask ourselves, where are we? Are we still on the boat? Because I know for a fact, without a doubt, that Jesus is calling what I am out. He is calling you out. He is calling your CG out. He is calling your zone out and say, Come, come. Why are you still in the boat? Come, be with me where I am. Come. And if we continue to stay in that boat, to stay in our comfort zone, they say, we will never be able to experience the supernatural that God desires to show us that God desires for us to experience. You see, we are able to walk on the impossible not because of the strength of our feet, but on the faith in which we set, on the person in which we set our eyes on. As we head towards Christmas, and as I'm sure your CG leaders and your zone leaders and your pastors are, are working out and trying to brainstorm and think about how are we going to do all of this, I want to remind us, let's look to Jesus. Let's look to Jesus. Because as we continue to fix our eyes on Him, 
we will eventually be where He is. And as we continue to fix our eyes on Him, He will sustain us. He will see us through. He will carry us. So let's take courage today as a family, as a church, as a ministry. Let's take courage that though things may not look the way that we want today, we can take courage because God is with us. God is with us. Right? So let's step out in faith. Let's walk in the miracle and let's experience the supernatural with God. All right? At this moment in time, if I can just uh, ask us to just quieten out our hearts wherever we are watching this, I believe that the presence of God is here today and it's not limited by time, space, or anything human can create. God's presence is powerful. God's presence is everywhere. And the word of God does not return void. So whatever, whenever, wherever you're watching this and whenever you're watching this, today I want to take us, give us a, an opportunity as God is giving us the invitation once again and He says, YM, come. YM, come. It is I, come. Do we, YM, have that faith? Do we have that faith to say and ask what Peter said? And Peter's Response in verse 28 was this, Lord, if that is truly you, if that is really you, tell me to come. I pray that that will be our response today as a church, as a ministry, that as God is calling YM out, we are saying, God, if that is really you, if that is truly you, I will come. If that is truly you, who you say you are, if this is your promise, if this is your promise that you have truly given to us, I will come. I will obey. I will do what you have called me to do. I will not care about what people will think. I will not care about what people will say. I will come. Let, let, let that be our heart's desire today. Not just a desire, but a desire that follows with an action. That we will step out. And how are we going to step out in this Christmas season? We will do our best to do things that we have never done before that we will do things that we have never attempted before by going all out in spite of all the limitations that we are going through, that we will go all out because this is the will of God, because God is with me. Therefore, we can take courage today. We can take courage. And so, God, we come before you today as a church that as you are calling us out deeper into the water, as you are calling us and drawing us deeper into where you are. God, I pray that you give us that courage, give us that bonus, and give us that faith to step out, to do what you have called us to do. Not just a desire that stays in our hearts, God, but a desire that translates into an action, that our hands and feet will step out. Our hands and feet will do what you have called us to do. And this is our cry. This is our desire today, Lord. So give us that courage. Help us. Give us that faith, God. We want to trust you. We look to you because we believe that you are with us. And when you are with us, God, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. So we choose to trust you. We choose to put our faith in you, Lord. We thank you. We love you. We praise you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining our, our YM online service today. We can't wait to see you uh, in person. In the meantime, do continue to stay connected to our social media, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube channels for any updates. And on top of that, do also 
take that effort and opportunity to get connected with your CG members, with your CG leaders, with your fellow CG community. We want to remain united and together uh, as much as we can. All right? So we can't wait to see you. I can't wait to see you. Take care and God bless.